offense. Did Jesus give the invitation or did Peter ask for the invitation? What happened first? Jesus tells the disciples to take courage and to not be afraid. And then Peter says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come on the water. When we're prepared to see God move, when we would just have willing hearts, when we would be ready for the miraculous or to see the status quo change, we allow God a space to do something amazing. God already works despite our inaction. So just imagine what God will do when we're willing to step out of the boat. Let's pray. we come before you and Lord if we aren't already humble us Lord humble us here God so that we would be willing to come to you with open hands open hearts to see what you would like to do Amen You can have a seat My thoughts and prayers go out to the people of America this morning Nothing's happened there, it's just they live in America. (laughs) Some people got that, that's a, you know, we say that, don't we? Oh, my, my, my greatest thoughts and prayers. Really, I think often we're really saying my thoughts and my thoughts go to those people. Because often when we hear that phrase said, we sit there and go, I hear what you're saying, but are you really going to pray for me? Mr. Weather Reporter standing on the news, are you actually going to go out and pray for the circumstance? I mean, I don't think so. And you know what? Even when sometimes a Christian says it, you know, maybe they've got a chance. They might actually follow through with those words. Oh, my prayers are with you. Well, they would be if you say the prayers. This week, we're talking about changing the status quo when it comes to prayer. So that prayer isn't just a token that we might offer up to somebody so that we can be intentional because it is one of the foundations when it comes to relationship with God. It's not just a token. It's a foundation when it comes to relationship with God. It doesn't have to have an agenda, prayer. And often we approach prayer with an agenda because there's some things that we'd like, that we want that we need to go to God, but sometimes it's not always about an agenda. It's just about talking with God. I'm loving what you're doing with the weather today, God. Well, listen, mate, I'm really not appreciating these red lights. I don't think so. Talking with God. Healthy relationships have good communication. And so for our relationship with God to grow, it takes good communication. So that's why we're looking at prayer. Now, we're looking at 10 essentials about prayer. I'm not going to keep you all day, I promise. They're going to be short, they're going to be sharp and to the point. If you have anything to take notes, I want to encourage you because I, my, it is my prayer this morning that one of these things will speak into your prayer life that you go, hmm, hmm, 
yeah, that's not quite me and perhaps you need to be challenged to change the status quo when it comes to your prayer. So let's wait and see what God wants to grow in you in prayer. Number one, God wants a relationship with you. Don't we all want that? Someone who wants us. We want to be wanted. The creator of the universe wants a relationship with you. The creator of the universe wants a relationship with you. Don't ever let any aspect of your faith become bigger than that. In Acts 17, it says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples or churches built by hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he's not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Relationships develop and grow stronger through communication. And prayer is the communication we have with God. The more you communicate with someone, the better you understand them. The more you communicate with someone, the better you know them. Do you know someone so well that you can even finish their sentences? Thank you. Do you know someone so well that you can even finish their sentences? Imagine what it would be like if you could finish a prayer with that person. Ooh, that would be great. And you know what? I think we can. I think if we get to know God so well, we can finish his sentences. But the really difficult thing in that is we get to the point where we think we know God well enough that we don't even involve him in the conversation. Oh, I know, I know what God thinks about this, so I'll make this decision. Oh, I know him well enough. Oh, that's it. But you know what? I guarantee you, if you have a significant other and you, just, and you think you know them so well that you start leaving them out of that conversation, leaving them out of those significant decisions in your life, um, whether you know them, you think you know them well enough or not, it's not a good idea. And it's the same with God. In relationship with God, as soon as we think we do know him and we have a good enough relationship with him, to start leaving him out of the conversation, we're going to get ourselves into trouble. Let's not leave him because we think we know what he'd say. Let's foster a healthy relationship with God. Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Number two, God cares. Not only does God want relationship with you, but he actually cares about you as well. Okay, it's not an arbitrary thing, but it's because he actually cares for us. That's why we talk with him, because he'll actually listen. It's not a pointless exercise. He listens because he cares. Matthew seven eleven, 
If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And if you don't already know that God cares for you, and you think, how has he shown his love for me? How, what has he done recently to care for me? Well, simply, if the cross of Jesus Christ doesn't show that he cares for you forever, if that's not enough, then I can't be enough. God cares. Number three, we should pray because God wants us to care as well. Sometimes we get frustrated with the way things are and we can't understand the why. If God is really good, then why are the circumstances the way that they are? Now, free will plays a big role in answering that question. But you know what? So many times in the Old Testament, God has said, if this happens, then this is the consequence. And it happens, and God is about to pour out his wrath, and it only takes one of his chosen people to appeal to him, to ask him, please hold back your anger, please hold this back. And when God finds that one person who actually cares enough to pray for his will as well, he listens and he holds it back. Sometimes, just sometimes, He's waiting for us to care enough as well. God wants us to care too. I once asked a group of young people, we were talking about prayer, and I asked, why do you think, what is one of the reasons you think that we don't pray more than we do? Or we don't pray about this sort of thing, or we don't pray about that sort of thing. And one of these people was brave enough to front up and say, you know what? I think it's because we just don't care so much. We generally won't pray for something if we don't care for it. Even when we don't know what to pray, God actually appreciates that we have a willing heart to pray. And you might get to a point where you're like, you know what, I need, I need a prayer. I don't really know what to pray. It actually says this here in Romans 8.26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. God wants us to care, to be willing to at least approach him. And if we've got this, you know what, God still honours that and still works through that. Number four, God wants us to pray in faith. Big prayers. Do you believe that God can do the miraculous? If God is indeed the same yesterday, today and forever, then the same things we read about in the scriptures, the same things we've heard about in the history of time are the same things that can happen right here today. It's not about being unwise. Okay, we're not approaching God as a genie. But it's about approaching him with faith. If we actually thought he will give us whatever we want, like a genie, then perhaps he would have asked us to call him grandpa 
or grandma, you know, the ones who actually give us everything we ask for. Yeah, we we call him Father. But this Father is far greater because he is, as I said, the creator of the universe. Every single day in hospitals all around this world, And in not hospitals all around this world, miraculous things do happen. But you know what? In hospitals, when they have someone who comes in who's had a terminal prognosis, who's been told, you know what? You're never going to be uh, cured of that. You're never going to come back from that. This is your life and you have to accept it. So many people are being healed from that. So many people are coming in and they can't understand. Hang on. We said this person had six months. It's two years on, it's three years on, they're doing their yearly checkup and we can't explain this. You know what? They don't have an act of God box to tick. They haven't unexplained, you know, they, 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 they can't explain how it's happened, but they don't have an act of God. And, and unfortunately, what a testimony it would give if unfortunately this wasn't the circumstance. All the times that God has healed people brought people back from mental illness, healed broken bones that were shattered, but all of a sudden this person could walk again. Healed a broken heart. God still does the miraculous. We just happen to live in a culture which isn't interested in recognizing the acts of God. Oh, oh, mummy's coming. Second God is on the way. to this text it says every day I get more requests for car parts than anything else you people need to start thinking bigger do you need to have a bigger expectation of God how big is your God in fact think about your prayer life how big does your God How how big is he reflected in your prayer life? Do you pray for things that, oh, my my, my big, big God can just sort out this little thing and this little thing and this little thing? Or will you pray in faith to the God you know who can do all things, far greater, who can do the impossible? Oh, no, I'm not going to bother God with the impossible. Why? Why not? Because our God is big. He's powerful. Will you accept prayer for something difficult in your life? Will you seek out prayer for something difficult in your life? No. Will you seek out prayer, not just accept prayer, but will you seek out prayer for the things that you don't think you could change yourself. Those things that you don't think will happen. Those things that put God into a little box. But will you seek out prayer to let your faith break him out of that box? Will you go in prayer for something impossible? Change the status quo this week. And seek out the one who can do all things. I want to encourage you, if this is a challenge for you, if this is something that you need to change the status quo for you in your life, 
we have a number of books up for faith that are to do with this thing. And, and, and there's one particular book I'll mention. It's called How to Pray When You Need a Miracle by Linda Shepherd. Now, I want to encourage you, if this is an area of, of your life and your prayer life that you need to be challenged in and changed, I encourage you to grab one of those good books. Grab one of these books, this book now. What I tell you? Don't do it when you're going in with an agenda. Don't read that book when you've got something that you want to see happen and you really, because you're going to all of a sudden start reading your thoughts and minds into those words and be praying perhaps in ways that God actually doesn't intend. Whereas if you read it when you don't have a content speaking into it, you can read it for the world that it will in that book. So I just want to encourage you, if that's a challenge for you and something you need to push into, make sure you read it at the right time. Number five, God always answers. God always answers. But unfortunately, sometimes our, heart, our hearts are hard, and so we don't see the answer. We're not willing to hear the answer because it's not what we want to hear from him. God will either say yes, but not what you say. Yes, and he is more. He might say, yes, but it's not what you expect. Or he might say, no, I love you too much. You might not understand, but you know. John 17, 15, Jesus' prayer for his disciples was this. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. He doesn't always give us what we think's best or what, what we want, but he will always answer. Whether we're here prepared to hear it or not, to accept his answer, God always answers. Number six, be persistent in prayer. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. What's your approach to prayer life? Is it a bit of a one and done kind of prayer? Or do you pray with perseverance and devotion? Have you ever had one of those kids at the supermarket, right? And you've got the trolley and they come up to you, they point something out. Or maybe they've even got it in their hand and they say, And if they've thought about it, they've already got the trolley there. Can I have it? It's never a carrot. Why can't it ever be a carrot? And then after that, you say, no, I disagree. No, it doesn't happen like that, does it? No. You, I mean, a lot of people in this room will have more experience than me, other than when I was personally doing it myself. But it usually goes along the lines of, can I have this, please? But I said, please, oh, come on, I want it, give it to me, give it to me, 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 come on, come on. All the other kids are doing it. Oh, but I'll be the only one who's not. I like it, I like it. I'll keep bugging you until you give it to me. People will laugh at you if you don't. Oh, I shouldn't have to ask for it anyway. I should just be able to have it. Doesn't really matter if I cry some, does it? 
what if I showed you a verse that talks about something else, but I can make it work for me? This is what it's like, isn't it? And you know what? At the least, at the very least, when this sort of thing happens, it goes to show us how much they really want that thing. Even in their small world, they really want that thing. Persistence in prayer shows God just how much we care about something. And our lack of persistence sometimes shows God just how much we care about something. Oh, God didn't answer that prayer. I prayed that prayer. Then I forgot about it for a while. And then it popped up into my mind. I didn't do it deliberately, but it just occurred to me, so I decided to pray for it again. How much care does that kind of persistence show in prayer? I gave up KFC once. I think I, to- I told you guys that I'll tell you about this story. I'm not going to give you all the details today because they're not all relevant, but I gave up KFC once for a number of years. I used to go to KFC with uh, with some family members, some brothers and some mates once a week for years and years, okay? Ask Sarah. She brought a lot more money into the relationship because of KFC in mine. Every week for a number of years. And I realized, you know what, if I cared about this, what am I going to give up? What am I going to sacrifice or fast from in my life? You know, I could have picked something else. It shouldn't have been hard. But I gave up KFC for a number of years. And every week I went to KFC with these guys. And we ordered nothing. Even when I was starving, I'd just like to say, I've got no more money. And after that number of years, eventually I was actually willing to listen to the answer God gave to me. But you know what? I think it was only through that persistence I really understood the the heart he had for the answer that he had. When an elderly neighbour of mine passed away, I discovered that once he reached retirement, every morning before I would have even had a clue he was alive, he went off to his local church and he prayed through the whole church. Some far from God, some not so far. Every single morning. Persistence in prayer. If that's something that you need to be challenged with, let me give you a tool to help you. I want to encourage you, go home today. Don't leave it any longer. When you go home today, if you can find one here, get an elastic band. Put it on your wrist. When you go to bed tonight, if you like me, grab, take off these glasses. Take off that elastic band. And as you grab that elastic band, it's a reminder for you to pray for that thing that you hold dear. For that person you said you'd pray for, but without a reminder of this, you probably won't pray for them. As you take it off, pray for that person. As you get up in the morning, put it as you put everything on that you put on. Put on that elastic band and pray for them again. And then pray for them that night and keep on praying until you hear God's answer. Number seven, pray with variety. Who here likes to eat stale bread? Oh, oh, there's nothing better, is there? Mmm, Jonah, stale bread. Mmm, it's so good, isn't it? 
I mean, you get home from school and it's just like, what am I going to eat? And you see that bag of stale bread, don't throw it away. The, the way it takes away off your skin, off, off your tongue as it goes down. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Or actually, you might be sitting there going, yes, Jono, actually, there is something better than the stale bread. It's this invention called fresh bread. Wait until you taste, if you like stale bread, wait until you taste fresh bread. Oh, it's much nicer. Sometimes, you know, you've been having the same loaf for just long enough. It's time to try a new piece. If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. If nothing changes, then nothing is going to change. If your prayer life isn't working for you, it's time to change it up. It's time to do something different. When churches aren't, uh, well, sorry, unfortunately as human beings, when things aren't going so well, for some reason we just start doing things less. Or we care about less and we, we, we don't really put as much effort into it. And it's the same as churches. Churches aren't going so well. The trend is less people put their hands up to say, you know what, I'm going to invest more here and I'm going to do more and I'm going to try more. Actually, more hands start going, oh, this isn't going so well. I don't and we, we actually start doing less. And unfortunately, when it comes to prayer, crazy enough, as it begins to taste stale, we continue to eat the stale bread. actually just accept, oh, well, that's just what prayer is like. It's, it's not thrilling and it's not inviting and, and you know, I, I don't really want to do it next time, but prayer can actually live out in your life so that when you finish one prayer time or every moment till the next prayer time, you want more. Don't pray the way you always pray. Do something differently. Change the status quo. I've got a couple of acronyms. You might know them. You might not. This might be a helpful thing to empower you for a bit of freshness in your prayer life. First one, acts. And these are just, if, if you've got nothing when you come to prayer and you go, what am I going to pray about? This can, could potentially be something that leads you. Adoration. Adore your God. Do that first. Confession. What has been happening in your life that you know isn't up to scratch? Thanksgiving, supplication. When you finish with all that, come ask God, what can God supply you with? Maybe you need bless in your life instead. Start with your physical needs, your body. Ask God to fill and supply all that protection, labor, your work. Maybe those things that are supposed to be fun but feel like work, maybe that can fall into that category. Your emotional needs, your social needs, spiritual needs. Got one more resource that you might be able to use. We've got two copies of a resource down the back. They're, called, they're prayer prompts. There's 25 different cards in the prayer prompts. These are a resource that I have put together. Okay, so if you don't like them, please don't tell me. Okay. Um, the fragile guy. Um, 
these are down here. You can borrow these out like any other resource, write it in the book. You might be able to sit it at your kitchen table and before dinner each night, flip one over and see what it says. Be expectant. See the big things that the God of the universe sees. You pray as a family. God, how can we pray this prayer? How can we do this as a family? And then have your dinner. Maybe you can take it for your own personal prayer time just to change things up so you don't pray the same way. Maybe the way you pray is working for you, but maybe you know something different will also just help you pray in a way that you wouldn't usually pray. That's another option. Family. Pray for the families connected with our church. Do you pray for the families connected with our church? You might find yourself in your prayer time with God. You go, you know what, God, what is something I wouldn't usually pray for? And you flip it over and you go, well, you know what, God, I'd still pray for the people I don't know. So if you want to borrow any of these resources out, you can take one of those key packs and either it will really lead you in ways that are familiar in prayer or will bring some challenge and some change to your prayers that you wouldn't have gone to pray for. Next one. Real prayer takes humility. Just as text mentioned last week, we've got to humble ourselves before God. Physically, one way we can do that is down on the ground on our knees. Inwardly, it's about humility. Are we praying to God for the things we see as best or are we prepared to humble ourselves and ask God for what he sees as best? Prayer in itself always automatically takes a little bit of humility because the act of prayer is this acknowledgement of, you know what, there's something I have to change. I would actually suggest to you, you know, uh, if a person ever prays, then they do believe in God. Some people I've heard stories from who, oh, they're sworn atheists. But there was this one tragic circumstance where they did pray to God. You can't pray to God without a belief in God. Nobody goes, you know what? No way I believe in God. But on this one occasion, I talked to my imaginary friend. Nobody says that. But they do pray to God. Maybe just as a side encouragement, if you can get a non-believer to pray, that's just a prophetic word. Plenty of people do believe in God, but just choose not to follow them. I want to encourage you. Maybe that's something in a relationship with God where you can offer, hey, can we pray together? But real prayer, real prayer sees us seeking out the best for ourselves in the eyes of God, not in our eyes. 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 2 Corinthians 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their iniquity.
humility in prayer. Number nine, prayer should be as much about God as it is about us. What does the content of your prayer life look like? Because it should be as much about God as it is about you. How much time do you spend focusing on your things? How much time do you spend focusing on what God says? Don't just share what's close to your heart. Be prepared to carry some of the hurt, some of the joy, some of the frustrations that are in God's Who does most to talk with in your relationship with God? At the start, I talked about prayer being conversation with God. I'm not sure if you know this, but conversations don't work so well when only one person does the talking. In the drama world, we call that a monologue. Monologues aren't so enjoyable when you're do, you're on the receiving end. My dad's not here, so I can say it. We don't say we have conversations with my father. We have monologues with my father, or he has monologues with us. They're not so enjoyable when only one person is doing the talking. A conversation has to take two people or two two entities, and two of them talking. sure you're aware we've got two ears one mouth somehow in our prayer lives our one mouth overpowers those two ears find balance in your time with God when you talk to him be prepared to stop and listen you don't expect your God to respond, if you want to put him in your little box, then you're going to experience God in your little box. Meditate on a verse over and over again instead of filling what you want into your head. Just dwell for a moment. Ask God for his heart and his matter on the topic you want to bring to him. You don't have to spend so much time telling him about that circumstance because lo and behold, he already knows. Spend more time asking what he wants to say about it. Find peace and quiet and wait on the Lord. Number 10, last one. When we, uh, prayer changes us. Prayer actually changes us. When we pray, we actually open ourselves up to God. We say, God, this is something we care about. It's sitting on our heart, and I'm going to give you a glimpse. And you know what? When God has an opportunity with our hearts, he rubs off on us. He actually has an opportunity to do something when we invite him in. 
the biggest barrier to our relationship with God and God doing things here is whether we're willing to let him do anything in the first place, whether we're willing to grow in relationship at all. Mother Teresa knew it. She said this, if we pray, we will believe. If we believe, we will love. If we love, we will serve. If we start with prayer, if we will just be willing to meet with God, then by the end we'll all of a sudden see our actions change. We will serve. We will be able to change the status quo. If we aren't impressed with how things are looking in this world, in this church, in people's lives, then we've got to start with prayer. And when we start with prayer, we can see God make a change because we open him up to what's really important. Prayer changes us. Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer changes us. I've said it before. Try going to God in prayer with something unwelcome and unholy. And you'll come out the other end discovering that you, ain't, you, you didn't finish praying the way you started. Because God is both sovereign. You change us when we come to him. So what can you do to change the status quo in your prayer life? In order to go deeper in relationship with God. Because that's what prayer, that's what faith is all about. What can you do differently? God wants to talk to you today. This week, whether it's 20 minutes, whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's 5 minutes, whether it's 1 minute. Your time in prayer, I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, we're all at different stages in the journey, pray more. Even if it's 30 seconds more each time you pray. Spend more time with God. Give Him more opportunity with the things that are close to your heart. But don't do it out of habit. Don't do it just because. Do it out of purpose, intentionality, out of relationship with Jesus. Because prayer affects us, it affects our world, and it affects God. So, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray with the words from James 5, 13 to 16, close our time together, and some other words. And I just ask, Spirit, the word, what needs to change? Let's pray together. Lord, if any one of us is in trouble, Lord, 
worship God. If anyone is happy, Lord, let them sing songs of praise. If any one of us is sick, Lord, lead them to call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. And Lord, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up. Loving, caring Father, may you be the one we turn to at any moment of the day, in any moment of our life. And may our time with you help us look forward to the next time we meet you. Lord, thank you for being gracious. And Lord, being always willing to meet with us as we draw near to you. In your name we pray. Amen. We now have an opportunity to praise God one more time before we uh, move out into a time of uh, sharing morning tea together and a time of prayer. Um, and we get to, to, to praise him for all that he has done, for those answered prayers, for all the blessing he gives us every day, for his wonderful creation, for all that he has done. Let us come together now and let us praise him for those wonderful works that he has done for us. And may the wonderful blessings of God.